Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Politics without the soap opera. With unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight for our values, to fight for our life, liberty, property. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here at Blaze Media to do exactly that, to fight for our values, because it is Wednesday, the 1st of June, and it is Biblical Pride Month here at Blaze Media. Yes, we actually, unlike other fake conservatives, have pride in our values. Whereas the, typically there is only one side, the pagan left, that has pride in their licentiousness, while the fake, phony, controlled right is nothing more than a controlled opposition, by the way. They have diffidence in their views. They have no confidence. They have no energy. They believe that everyone thinks like the left and they need to keep their views to themselves and they need to triangulate and they need to adopt the premise of the left. We don't adopt that premise. We're not like, well, we're into the LGQFU, you know, and then they even use the language uh, as the left does. But then they say, well, just just don't mess up female sports. <laughs> no, no. Here we understand biblical values. And, and I think there's a lot of confusion in this generation. Now, I want to get to with other confusion, the lack of confidence in our views towards medical freedom, freedom, religious liberty, what's going on in the military. We're going to have a special guest, a Marine pilot on to discuss the destruction that the clot shots are foisting upon the military. And there's almost not a single Republican around who's even discussing this, focusing on this. It's the biggest issue really of our time. But here's what it is. Only one side has a pride month. Where is our pride? Where is our pride in our beliefs? The Bible doesn't change. What's wrong is wrong. Okay, the fact that more people, because of the environment and obsession, practice it, practice that behavior, doesn't make it right. Okay? I mean, just like, you know, very simply put, I mean... Everyone's like, well, dang it, you can't judge. I'm not judging anything. I mean, that's the word of God. You either believe in it or not. It doesn't mean we don't all make mistakes, right? There's plenty of people who call themselves conservative and engage in premarital relationships. Is that right? Do we suddenly believe in that? Are we okay with that? Those relationships outside of marriage? No, but I mean, people do it. It is what it is. Um, not judging or not judging. I'm just saying we don't suddenly believe that's okay, but somehow when it comes to the homosexual agenda, all that becomes okay. And mind you, among most people that are viewed as conservative figures, they've given up on that. Well, I have not. So this is our version of Pride Month. And uh, the reality is the only way to combat one side with pride is to have even more pride and truculence and ferocity 
and commitment to fighting for your values. But we don't have that. Hence, with all of the information we have on the clot shots, as we noted yesterday, we still have a military being destroyed over soldiers not getting the shots that are expired, counterproductive, and extremely harmful. And yet nobody cares. And meanwhile, we have Republican-appointed judges, Barrett and Kavanaugh and Roberts, who say, you have no right to bodily autonomy, but corporations have the right to discriminate. States have the power to control your body, but states can't just merely apply equally anti-discrimination law to what are essentially common carriers of all speech in this country because of technology. I'm referring yesterday to, to the Supreme Court ruling where uh, Kavanaugh and Barrett joined the left. Only Alito, uh, Gorsuch, and Thomas would have dissented on the Texas tech law. We saw a similar thing with the 11th Circuit in Florida. And this is where we are in this country. The values are flipped upside down, inside out. You know, Part of it is because the political leaders are so divorced from reality. Now, a lot of the Republicans, again, they're just a fake opposition. They're part of it. They're bought out by pharma. But even among the conservatives that claim to believe what we believe in, they're too caught up in this Twitter bubble. I saw a fascinating pull out from uh, Pew. It's old. It's a couple years old. But I just saw it yesterday. Maybe I remember at the time. And they looked at the political views of Twitter users, and they found that a small minority of users create the vast majority of tweets from U.S. adults. So to begin with, it's a small sample, and about 70% of these highly prolific tweeters are Democrats. Their analysis found that just 10% of users produced 92% of all tweets, and 69% of them were, were Democrats. They further found that although nearly identical shares of Republican Twitter users and non-users describe themselves as very or somewhat conservative, so in other words, among those on the right, those who are on Twitter are roughly in line with those who aren't, Democrats who use Twitter tend to be more liberal than Democrats who are non-users. 60% of Democrats on Twitter describe their political leanings as liberal, compared with 43% among those who are not on Twitter. And that is essentially what controls a lot of these conservative commentators. I'm not saying that, you know, Mitch McConnell, people like him, he, they're just bought out by the industries. But... The reason why they jump onto the next new thing, oh, I can't look like I'm anti-vax, or I can't look like I'm not signing with Ukraine, I gotta look like I'm doing something about the shootings, I gotta look like I'm, um, I'm doing something about BLM and, and George Floyd, it's because they look at their Twitter feed and then they panic. It's a very important observation when you have a lack of confidence in your views. And if only they would disseminate our views to the broad swath of America, they would actually see that more people than ever agree with us. That's why I'm both optimistic and frustrated at the same time, because I do think we have a huge opportunity with what the left is doing. Unfortunately, it's run by Twitter Republicans. So there you go. And I don't mean the average user, I mean the average politician and talker. But 
this is where we are headed at this point. Why Republicans, and, and even a lot of these conservative commentators, they always believe we're in the minority. They believe we're beleaguered because they're watching Twitter all day. Okay, so, you know, you kind of can't blame them. They think this is where it's at. This is where the coolness is. This is what you have to believe at any given moment. It's, by the way, it's interesting with this whole gay pride business. Um, I guess it's monkeypox pride. Pride and spread spread your pride <laughs> and disseminate monkeypox. Kind of interesting. But it's also funny. We, I mean, we, we talked about this yesterday. Even with regard to the issue that Republicans have the most pride in, which I would say is is guns and they're the most united about it you have one of these next big current things occur and they're like oh my gosh we've got to find some bipartisan solution when do you ever find democrats saying that never because again they have pride in their views where are how bad do the clot shots have to get in order for Republicans to get off Twitter, which is owned by Pfizer. You know, I just saw in Thailand, of all places, their National Health Security Office has so far paid the equivalent of 45 million U.S. dollars as compensation to 12,714 people who developed side effects after receiving COVID-19 vaccines. So we have a country that's been doing that. Yet here we have documented over a million people injured. And we know it's much more than that with the underreporting factor, exponentially more. Where is the effort to fund? I don't just mean as like a shakedown, kind of like a tort case. I mean, so they could get treatment. Nope, it's all Ukraine and they plan on sending more money. That's the sort of pride that the Republican Party and the fake conservative movement have. And all these phony conservative talk show hosts pimping Zelensky all day. But they will not talk about the degree of injury. Um, you know, recently, Dr. Flavio Cargiani, um, there's no one who has more credibility on COVID than he does. He's, he's put it all out to treat people. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey considers him the best COVID doctor around. He noted that every single patient that he has seen that has any sort of vaccine injury. So it could be neurological, it could be uh, blood clotting, whatever it is, every one of them had cardiac damage on an MRI. Remember, usually the stress test and the, the echo will not pick it up, but the cardiac MRI will. The problem is they're so expensive. And while we have all these mandates to cover all sorts of things for all sorts of people, but something that's dramatically needed, it won't be covered. If you, if you would do a cardiac MRI on a random sample of a thousand people that took the shots, oh my gosh, what you will find will be earth shattering. And yet, there is, we are nowhere closer to the Republican Party adopting any sort of platform on this, any sort of promise to investigate when they control Congress, state Republicans to investigate this, much less start you know, taking this off the market and banning them in the states. We are nowhere closer to this ever happening now than we were a year ago. 
despite everything we know. Because, again, only one side has pride in their views. Now, with that, I do want to get to our special guest today. I want to give him ample time because this is of utmost importance. Our interview today is sponsored by our friends at Better Spectacles. They now have big glasses, that is biometric intelligence glasses, where they use 7,000 points in the eye to develop uh, through samples of million, a million patients. Unlike the clot shots, these are actually scientifically proven to work seamlessly with your brain. I, I actually feel it with my better spectacles. Gives you the sharpest vision of all at all distances, including uh, the ability to see up to 40% better at near and intermediate distances. Everyone I know recommends them, and I, my, my wife and I certainly would as well. Again, these are Rodenstock Eyewear, the gold standard brand that are now imported through Better Spectacles, your only conservative eyewear company. So look, as you're trying to self-separate, and find vital goods and services. You know, where could you find in the broad medical industry something that shares your values, a, a product medically that that you could use? Better Spectacles is the only one I know offhand for eyewear. So go to betterspectacles.com/conservative. Uh, you could schedule a teleoptical appointment with them. So it's a one-stop shop. You get the appointment, you get the prescription. And then you go big with biometrical intelligence glasses. They're offering an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear, but it's a conservative company offering progressive eyewear. Um, go now to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. That's betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So as we discuss pride today, the fact that only one side has pride in their beliefs while the other side has nothing but diffidence and wavering and equivocating at best in their beliefs. Really, there's no issue that brings this out more than the military. This was supposed to be the pride of the nation. For those who don't yet believe in national divorce, well, this would be one of the few things still left that's worth fighting for. And yet all these Republicans in Congress... As the military has been destroyed and destroyed and destroyed, and really for a generation, with the gender bending, with the anti-Christian dogma, with the rules of engagement, with the lack of a clear mission, they did nothing. And then to cap it off, kicking out military families, long-serving families, because it's generational now, it's young kids that want to join now, they can't serve because they didn't get Pfizer's private piece of you-know-what despite the mounting evidence and evidence it doesn't work, it's counterproductive, negative efficacy, all the damage, all the, all the young people getting blood clots and pul pulmonary emboli, strokes, and myocarditis, boom, 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 neurological issues, tinnitus, um, dizziness, even pilots, we've discussed this before, they're, they're forced to fly after the fact that they can't even take certain supplements and fly. All rules went out the window, and yet there's no oversight. Republicans still have minority status on the committee. They had the ability to filibuster the budget bill last year. Nothing. All they care about is money, 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 money. The military needs more money, money, money appropriations. Well, what about the policies? Nowhere is this more hurtful watching the military circle the drain than the Marine Corps. You know, I think everyone in America understands when you mention the Marines, 
it conjures up a certain degree of pride that is, is greater than than that of the other services just because of their reputation and the training and who these guys are. And I'm just I'm just watching right now, literally just this second, on Twitter, at USMC, on Twitter, the Marine Corps put out, throughout June, the USMC takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LG XYZ service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. Ain't that rich? Free from discrimination. This is what has happened to our Marine Corps. It is, it is heartbreaking. But I'm getting all these heartbreaking emails from people. Their, their career is destroyed. I want you guys to understand what that looks like in the military and to paint that vivid picture of what the damage that's that's forthcoming from the clot shot mandates, the broader just COVID fascism in the military, what that's doing to the bodies of the soldiers, the morale, the recruitment, and then the macro military readiness. We have with us someone who himself has just gone through this, and he's basically pushed out of the military, Captain Tom Stewart. He's a Marine pilot and flight instructor. You know, a lot of people know of pilots in the Air Force and Navy, but the Marines have as well on helicopters, but also, uh, uh, you know, fighter jets like F-18s. He's now on terminal leave and will be retiring fully on July 1st because of the mandate, because of this dangerous, outdated, and now negatively effective shot. He, He will be out. He has been grounded since last September, and there's so many other people in his boat, and it's truly heartbreaking. Um, Captain Stewart, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, just right up front, what I'm about to say does not reflect the views of the DOD or the uh, Department of the Navy or the Marines. Uh, if they were doing the right things, I would not be on your show today. Exactly. So to be clear, they certainly do not reflect those views. You're speaking as a private citizen today, even though you know, you're know you not fully out till July 1st. So this does not represent the views of the Marine Corps, Marine Aviation, or DOD in general. Um, I, I just want you to comment first on that tweet I just, I just saw. It just came out. Um, they're celebrating. I, I didn't even know this was a thing until yesterday. A Pride Month. Um, I guess there's only pride in certain values. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. I'm just going to go ahead and flat out say it. I don't think we're very focused on war fighting right now. We're uh, weakening national security by separating all these service members over the uh, COVID shot mandate, and there's much religious discrimination going on. Um, Right now, we're getting ready to lose a lot of experience. Total of uh, 13 pilots down here on the hot seat. One of them is one of my peers. He's an H1 driver. Uh, Three kids under three, a deployment under his belt. Great American. Uh, He also is facing religious discrimination. Everyone was pulled down here for submitting a uh, religious request. So they're standing up for their ideals and being discriminated against. Um, We have also a uh, guy who drove tanks in his previous MOS and uh, said Marine, the biggest thing you will see in the Commandant Force Design Plan 2030 is the divestment word. We're divesting of Cobra squadrons such as HMLA 367. 
Uh, my squadron out in Hawaii, HML HMH 463, was just uh, sundown in April this year. And uh, we are not focused on national readiness as we should be. And just to uh, give you some figures, uh, right now we're getting ready to lose $7.8 billion in the cost of training uh, a big group of DOD pilots with a total of 677 flight hours. We're looking at 14 years uh, on average of pilots, highly experienced aviators. A uh, good bit of them are instructors. Um, and the USMC is, is making that post when they should be focused on their own readiness, maybe beans, bullets, and Band-Aids ready to go for the next fight, making sure we have all our our training codes and our missed essential task up to date prior to deployment. Um, right now, the, uh, the Marine Corps released a uh, statement uh, responded to an inquiry via Senator Murphy on uh, May 20th, saying uh, we are not losing any of our pilots. We're also losing approximately six uh, 2,000. They've also discharged about 2,000 Marines already, um, which is going to hurt us. And just to give you a, a figure that, that's about seven infantry battalions, roughly seven squadrons. Um, so you're losing a lot of experience there. They said they have not separated any aviators, but obviously what, from what I'm telling you, what I'm observing down here, that's not to change. We've had administrative separation boards already commence on the West Coast, one of which is a Marine major, uh, F-35 pilot they trained, uh, pulled him off deployment, had his administrative separation board, given him less than an honorable discharge. Also personally know an F-18 pilot and an Osprey pilot out there with 3rd Marine Air Wing getting ready to go through the same thing, and their commanding general continues to press this, and he's going to lose some vital experience that he needs to defend this nation. So right now, the focus needs to be on uh, preparing for war and being America's 9-1-1 force in readiness and uh, ready to go. And uh, frankly, I think we need to divest more assets and to be in that floating force off the coast, ready to go at any time, any place. And uh, that's how the Marine Corps is built. Um, as far as readiness goes, the Commandant's uh, 2030 plan, two dozen generals, retired generals, have reached out to the Commandant and uh, are completely um, opposing it. Uh, their biggest fear right now, just to summarize some of the responses I've seen, is uh, basically making the Marine Corps irrelevant over time, and that's going to degrade our national readiness when we're unable to go take an, an amphibious ready group off the coast and uh, go into a country, locate, and close with locate and destroy the enemy, which is the primary mission of a Marine rifle platoon. So I, I just want to back up here. You're saying before we get into the to the meat and potatoes of the shot mandate, you're saying that it's not a matter of oh they're they're so committed to Pfizer and that agenda that they're willing to sacrifice military readiness, uh, lose you know thousands of hours of of flight experience for specifically for pilots and other highly trained uh, people, the money, the personnel, the experience that goes behind that. It's not that they're willing to. You're saying that's actually a feature, not a bug. You're that's part of a broader agenda of divesting and just emasculating both physically and culturally the Marine Corps? Well, culturally the Marine Corps, and that's interesting you bring up Pfizer. Uh, as of 23 May, we have a members of the Armed Forces for Liberty suit that was filed in the Eastern District of Texas, and the Secretary of Defense has not divested himself of his stock options like he said he would at his confirmation hearing. So he still has a financial stake in, uh, in, in mandating these shots and is not backing down. And uh, unfortunately, he's getting ready to lose thousands of service members over the course of this uh, of the next few months of this mandate. And that's experience time. Not only is it affecting the individual service members, but it's putting an unnecessarily strain 
unnecessarily strain on their families and uh, my thoughts and prayers are with them as they go through this process. And I'm also personally seeing it down here at NAS Pensacola with the 12 Marines I'm currently with now. And uh, the, the attack is still continuing. The religious discrimination and the purge is continuing down at Colbert and Eglin Field at this time. And, and, and they're, they're laughing about it. So, you know, if someone says, look, I object to changing my God given immune system, we already see that this thing, you know, really causes immune deficiency. You're playing around with the immune system God gave you so that you have no dignity, put the needle on your, your arm. Um, but we, we have pride in having, you know, men and women, you know, shower together and, you know, gender bending and all that stuff. And that's, uh, that's great for the military. Um, could you quantify a little bit? Cause they're saying that, Oh, everyone really got vaccinated. It's just a few loose cannons. Describe the, 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 the reaction of your average Marine. And I guess, you know, you're in Marine aviation throughout the past year, how many got it and didn't get it initially? How many were kind of forced into it, didn't want to? And how many are still holding out? Many are forced into it that didn't want it. Uh, many of the Marines I'm serving with down here did not want it. They got it. Some uh, in our own pool regret getting it and wishing they had stood up. Um, and you're talking specifically about the immune system. The Department of Defense, the medical department, is going specifically against their uh, BUMED instruction. Uh, that states if you have prior immunity, if you've had said ailment, said disease, you do not have to get this vaccine. And we also have a Marine uh, that I'm stationed with down here who already has a vaccine exemption from another vaccine for already having the antibodies and did not have to get the shot. So they're digging their own grave with that one. Um, but to quantify, yeah, it was uh, the way they did this. They coerced people through leave initially. Once the shot came out, they said, you can take these vac- these agents, put them in your body. And uh, you're able to take leave. So that's how they got most people. They use leave as a uh, coercion tool. And uh, there's also a Marine lieutenant I personally know that I worked with that was uh, had a wedding back in April. And in order to go to her own wedding, she had to get the COVID vaccine in order to leave the state and go to her wedding. And she greatly regrets getting it and is currently expecting a baby. So that is how they coerced most of these people how to do it. And uh, also we have women that are, you know, that have just given birth. Uh, within our own command that are told they're going to get the shot the next day, um, which we all know there's other medical issues associated with this that I find absolutely important to do to uh, expecting mothers. Wow. So so obviously there's no concern of that. Um, how? What has been the reaction throughout the last really almost a year now as one after another those who got the shots within the military – uh, get COVID multiple times. So, you know, how do they look you in the eye and say you're a threat if you don't get the shot? Well, I tell you what, my uh, my commander down here in Marine Aviation Training Support Group 21 can no longer do that. Uh, the week I came back from Christmas break, I was sitting in a staff meeting. He was on a conference call. Uh, he was fully vaccinated and contracting it the week after Christmas. We also had a giant spike within Training Wing 5 during that time frame. Uh, following that, at the end of the month, we also had a commandant of the Marine Corps visit. Commandant of the Marine Corps had previously had COVID prior to his visit down to Pensacola. Uh, sat with the town hall with him on the 26th of January, and he briefed us. Um, also, during that same time frame, there was a commanding general's readiness inspection, which the sergeant major of the unit and the executive officer were absent for because they were both out with COVID at that time as well. Um, so telling me this shot 
you know, is going to prevent you from getting COVID. Uh, that's not an accurate statement at all, no matter who makes it, uh, what their medical background. And uh, quite frankly, I think some of the doctors that implemented the shot, we have a flight doctor over at Whiting Field that uh, coerced students and instructors with Pfizer and uh, Moderna paperwork uh, back in September, lied to commanding officers about the available commonarity, which we didn't have and still don't have, and uh, there's going to be consequences and repercussions to his actions professionally in, his, uh, in, in the medical field as a result of what he did to these students and instructors. So when you talk about the aviation world, um, obviously, I would imagine the marine aviation world is relatively small. Um, you know, you could train someone to be infantry. I mean, they have to be physically able to handle it. Uh, but aviation is very specialized. There's only a certain amount of people to do, and it also takes a long time to train up to that because flying is, is a very specific skill that takes a long time to train in that. You, you start to talk about it, but I want you to quantify for our audience just not familiar with that whole world. What happens when you have such a big black hole in that uh, capability where all of a sudden you're like, screw it, I am willing to kick people out of aviation um, in order to enforce this mandate. Quantify a little bit what that does to your ability, to your numbers and how that affects the Marines' mission. Because obviously when people think of Marines, they don't think too much of, of planes, but they're, they're of vital importance as they are to, to the other branches of the military. Well, I can tell you right now, the aviation combat element, is vitally important to that battalion commander that is deployed. It was vitally important to uh, 1st Battalion, 5th Marine Regiment, who we were attached to out in Darwin, Australia. And he needed our four helicopters ready and flying, and we needed parts and whatever we needed to do to support him and take his rifle companies where they needed to go. If you lose pilots, you don't have parts. And right now there's already vaccine-injured pilots uh, down here at, at, uh, at Whiting Field. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, if those pilots aren't able to fly – that, that ground force commander over time loses uh, the ability to put his Marines in and out of the objective area uh, safely. And uh, definitely doesn't enhance his mission when you have pilots having adverse reaction to shots. Uh, I'm personally connected. I grew up with an H1 driver, uh, a former uh, guy I was served with and wing with. Uh, said Marine was called in off of baby leave to take the shot. Said Marine took his first shot, immediately had a uh, heart issue after taking his first shot. Uh, luckily said Marine is still flying. Also have another, uh, instructor I served with who took his second shot, um, had an adverse reaction, neurological issues, numbness in the fingers and toes, wasn't able to fly for a month. The, com the Commodore of training air wing five had to call the Navy clinic to get him seen by a neurologist in order to get him the appropriate paperwork he needed to get back in the cockpit. And we also have another instructor down here with an inflamed heart, uh, that was verified via some MRI scan. Uh, that was delivered. But you injure these pilots long term. What does that do in the in the Chief of Naval Aviation Training Command? Right now, you're going to lose flight hours. You're going to lose X's. You injure instructors. That's three students you cannot train in one day. Uh, flew many triples myself while I was at the squadron, and you were degrading the ability to train, keep guys ready. And long term, it's going to be very difficult to support the guys on the ground. Uh, from an assault support perspective, you have F-18 and F-35 pilots highly trained to fly in and drop bombs at 480 knots in the objective area. And, uh, you know, you're, you're degrading their abilities, especially if one of them becomes injured in his aircraft in the middle of, an, in the middle of a mission. Uh, 
So discuss the injuries a little bit. Um, we've certainly been seeing it in the civilian aviation world where magically suddenly you have these disruptions and shortages and personnel are out and flights are canceled, particularly over Memorial Day. There were thousands yep. of them that were canceled. So obviously we're seeing that in the military as well. Describe the scope of what you're seeing and then describe the reaction of the commanders watching this all through the backdrop of a typical protocol with with aviation that we're careful not to even use certain supplements, Red Bull, um, certain over-the-counter medications, and yet they're not changing based on what they're seeing. They're not. They're blowing it off. Anyone who tells them otherwise is, uh, you know, right now the Commandant Marine Corps came out with a video labeling anything against the vaccine as misinformation. You should take your shots anyway. And also at the end of his video, it goes on to say that we can't just manufacture more Marines. Meanwhile, he has, uh, to this date, as of May 20th, has thrown 2,285 Marines out for failure to comply with the vaccine mandate. And, uh, yeah, and you, you bring up coffee here. They don't want us taking supplements and coffee. Uh, we're not allowed as naval aviators to have three to four cups of coffee. That's 450 milligrams of coffee. They do not want you having more than that. They also don't want you donating blood during a certain time frame. Um, and I can tell you, this shot has a 48-hour downing period. Uh, CNAP 3710 uh, says, hey, if you take a vaccine, you're only down for 12 hours. But uh, right now, when I was at the squadron, we were told we should go get the shot on a Friday so we could fly on a Monday so the squadron does not lose hours and training codes. I mean, here we, we have a German study from yesterday. We talked about 36% after the second shot in a survey in Germany said that they couldn't work after having had the shot and here we have the most sensitive type of job because you know it's a zero-sum game uh you know if something goes wrong with you you're dead and you're saying they, they have no problems with it now have you had mishaps in flight from this that, that you're aware of not that i know of um if we did they're not being talked about but i can tell you since uh when i was a student here back in uh 2010 to 2012, we didn't have any mishaps. But right now, under the current uh, leadership at Sinatra, there have been a total of three and uh, not related to the shot. Wow. Wow. Um, where do you see this headed just legally? I'm assuming you're involved in lawsuits. Uh, so far, I'm not seeing much progress on the legal front. Uh, do you guys feel like you have any auspicious angle uh, to fight this legally? Because it just seems like the courts don't care. Right now, yeah, Liberty Council's fighting from the religious uh, perspective, doing a great job. They got the injunction uh, put against the Navy. The Marine Corps, however, is going full speed, full force, throwing as many Marines out as they can before an injunction gets issued. Uh, Liberty Council did get an injunction uh, for a Marine captain who is a Muslim, so they can't take administrative action against him hmm. after he submitted a religious accommodation. Um, but right now, more suits are forming. Uh the suit I just cited uh, that was filed on the 23rd, that is challenging the legality of the order and also brings up the uh, the details of, of uh, Secretary Austin has not divested himself of his stock options in the current uh, pharmaceutical companies implementing this toxic, toxic agent. Um, I expect more lawsuits to be filed, and I'm going to go ahead and flat out say it. If, you have, if you're a commander and you have Marines, sailors, soldiers, or airmen involved in a lawsuit, um, 
that says a lot about your leadership. Wow. That, I mean, that is very disturbing when you look at even a small percentage taken out. Um, what are you seeing generally with the health of the Marines over the last year or so? Uh, right now, I don't think it's going to be as we're going to be as healthy as we can uh, mentally, moral or physically right now, especially with the shot. Uh, you talk about how this is affecting the morale. I can tell you right now with these five commanders I'm in touch with, that got relieved. Uh, it's, it's hurting the morale of their unit and the officer, I mean, both the enlisted side uh, during this mandate. And you also have the other spectrum of this, leaders that have gone full force, forcing masks on their troops, um, forcing the vaccine, take the vaccine or else. Like, I can tell you right now, there's many junior Marines, sailors, soldiers, and airmen that have, uh, that have probably lost trust and confidence in their leadership as a result of this, especially when they've been told in their office that it is uh, unsafe to take the shot. You know, I've seen pictures of this. I haven't spoken about this a lot. We talked more about the shot mandates, but you bring up the mask. Are they really out there, or at least until recently, the last two years, out there training, rigorous training with masks on? Yep. Uh, that's happening right now at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot San Diego. There's a, a YouTube video that uh, it's about a full documentary that involves the integration of uh, male and female in uh, recruit training. Uh, typically, it's done separately. Uh, Marines have a separate battalion for training uh, males and females. But, yeah, you will see in that video uh, Marine recruits running around the recruit depot with masks on their face. And uh, we just recently had a court-martial, uh, First Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, yeah. arguing the mask mandate. And uh, he actually came out. <clears throat> he did, it, did okay. They did not uh, admonish him too bad. Yeah, even though he's technically found guilty there. Um, so you're saying to this day, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought it was over with. There are still some in the service that are being forced to train with a mask outdoors. Now, even though almost all of them had the shots, mind you. So the shots work, but don't, but do. But you need a mask. And, and last time, yeah. The recruit depots, yes, and right now, as far as this masking thing goes, there is differences between individual unit commanders and base commanders, and right now, the Navy has base commanders setting mask policy specific per base based on whatever made-up COVID health condition they're in. Even though they're requiring the shots. So, the sh I mean, this is unbelievable, and yet no Republican is bringing this up. Um, I'm not seeing anything. I'm assuming you guys have, have any, has anyone in, in the military that's had trouble um have you guys gotten together to try to get a hold of any political leaders uh we have uh, many of us have some are listening some aren't i've seen positive responses to look into it some say they'll look into it some have flat some letters have came back to service members say you will take the shot um most recent response we have received down here was like hey there's a bill in place to get you guys taken care of this fall um, right now, just to be quite frank with you, both sides of the aisle, I don't really care what political party they're in. They need to be rising up to get this mandate stopped in both the public and private sectors of society. It's, uh, it's hurting our readiness militarily is from what I'm seeing. Um, but yeah, also in the medical industry, you have, uh, doctors and nurses down here, Ascension Sacred Heart being fired and told, you know, you're no longer allowed to work here because you won't take your shot. The purge is still going on out in the civilian world in the medical field. 
Yes, yes, those two, those two in particular. But unfortunately, most people, uh, you know, they've moved on. Like, you know, my life is not affected. I could go anywhere at this point, not having to get the shot or wear the Chinese cloth. But that is not the case if you're in the military. And it is shocking how I'm not even hearing candidates run on this. I'm not hearing them talk about it. We have another budget bill that would come up at the end of the summer, and that would be another opportunity. But, you know, we're not going to hear much with that. Um, I want to talk about the morale a little bit. One thing everyone seems to agree on is that there's a record number of suicides, both among veterans and those that are still active duty. Could you elaborate on what's undergirding that? Um, obviously, the these type of things certainly exacerbate the problems, but what's the underlying issue, or are there several issues? Uh, I can tell you right now, back in uh, when I was in my squadron, we got an order from hire from uh, Admiral over at uh, Chief Naval Air, Air Aviation Training that all the suicide orders will be updated. I was also the suicide prevention officer. Uh, suicides continue to rise during the pandemic. I personally had to update the squadron's order. So not only is morale down, but suicides are up uh, service member wide uh, for multiple reasons. And these quarantining uh, strict rules that continue to come out with right now, they had rules down here when I was, when this first thing broke out, you're not allowed to go to restaurants, not allowed to go to gyms, really killed the morale for young sailors and Marines down here. And as a result of that, it ended up on a uh, increase in suicides. And I was one of the ones who drafted that order and had it signed by the commander of my squadron of what we're going to do to prevent it. So is it that bad that from the top there is no regard for these problems? I mean, the impression I get is that there's essentially almost nobody good in the military left above the rank of lieutenant colonel. Um, Is there nobody saying, hey, you know, okay, maybe we had a culture of – being strongly for vaccines until now, but this one's really not working and problematic and you know, maybe we, we ought to ease off. Right now, this vaccine had caused over 700 injuries in less than a year. Uh, as of September of last year, it was one of my main motives for not injecting it in myself and signing for an airplane uh, with this in my body. Um, we'll not, we'll not do that. I take my, uh, my jobs as an aircraft commander pretty seriously. Um, but I will say, as far as you're bringing up leadership at the top, if you have this many lawsuits being filed filed against you in any leadership billet, you're probably not doing something right. And uh, the troops are continuing to join these lawsuits and fight this. From your end, uh, I'm not really sure how this worked out with you and your personal agreement with the military. But my understanding is there's a lot of people, obviously, if you're trained as a pilot in the military, you're trained as a doctor in the military, so you go through medical school through the military, you can't just quit. You know, in the civilian world, they say, all right, you know, there's a mandate, I'll find employment elsewhere, even even though sometimes it could be hard. But here, if you're a pilot and you're saying, man, I, I don't wanna have heart inflammation and God knows what else from this thing, I wanna get out, it's not so simple that you could just retire, right? Yeah, you can't. You have to write out your contract. Right now at Eglin and Holbert, we have airmen that have uh, said, yeah, I'll voluntarily separate. Please give me an honorable discharge. And you have said said voluntarily separation paperwork is being denied by the Air Force uh, with these people. You've also had commanders that have said, hey, I will, you know, submit our is that I will gladly retire. That paperwork's being denied and said service members are being admonished uh, 
in the Department of the Air Force and not letting them resign. So that's also the game they're playing. Uh, typically for a pilot, how how long is your service? Uh, when I first accepted my commission, you finished flight school, you're obligated for six years. Once students pin on their wings now, they've upped that time to eight years. And uh, you're looking at three to four years in a squadron after that, maybe a staff tour and maybe uh, or a forward air control tour and maybe a, a job in, an, in another squadron if you come back and decide you want to get promoted and stay in longer. So so what happens if you say, look, you know, I just want to leave because I don't want to get the shot? Um, yeah, right now, uh, if, you, if, if you don't want to get the shot, then we've been submitting religious accommodations. A lot of guys are letting their end of active service come up and run out. Uh, right now in the Marines, people, guys don't have that option. Um, so they're just trying to get us out as quietly as they can. But the ones that aren't able to reach their end of active service or if they are over six years, they're going to an administrative separation board and getting dragged through the mud and they're getting less than honorable discharges um, right now. General discharge uh, with a character characterization of service is what they're getting uh, under honorable conditions. But yeah, that is, uh, that's what they're getting. And you're, you're taking some good people and dragging them through the mud and, uh, for no good reason and you know it's it's negatively and adversely affecting the service member and their families just to zoom out broadly before we wrap this up so what we started with the the marines were really the the pride of the nation of the military and for a while i felt like they were resisting this this leftist culture uh, longer than the other branches but clearly that has collapsed and it didn't start with the shots I think that that culminated it, but again, where the Marines are promoting every left-wing agenda, where there's this obsessiveness with integrating females in, into male jobs for every last single thing, including uh, you know stuff that the Marines themselves studied in a costly study showing it, it, it has adverse effects on women and combat readiness. When did that change? Uh, changed pretty much within the next uh, the past eight years, roughly. So they've uh, they've been trying to push this for a while. Um, from my experience, some of the stuff I've seen. Wow. So so you're saying this was going on for a while? Um, yeah. Maybe the since, the yeah since roughly 2012 is the, when it kind of started seeing this. Let me ask you a tough question. Someone who's listening to this show, and, and I, I want to put the, the logistics of the shop mandate aside. Let, let, let's just say, you know, we get like a massive court injunction. I doubt we will. But let's say we would, and it, somehow that one issue would go away. But in general, if you have a 17-year-old today that's like, you know, I want to join the Marines just like my father did, what would you tell him? And I've, uh, I've actually had this conversation with uh, people down here in person. I tell them I had a wonderful time serving, 13 years, worked with some great people, got to fly a really big helicopter, had a lot of fun. I would tell them to delay their entry of the service right now would be my answer to them. What if the shot mandates went away? i tell them the same thing. <laughs> okay, so in other words... It's a broader issue, and I think that's that's what we're bringing out today. Um, 
because even if you're somehow just get bought into the medical science aspect of Pfizer and whatever, you wouldn't do it this viciously, so categorically, um, if there wasn't a broader cultural rock gut that you're actually trying to denude the military. Do, do you think this is an effort to get rid of the alpha males? I'd say it's 100% a purge. And, uh, yeah, I would say we're getting rid of our critical thinkers, our good leaders. And uh, 100%, I would 100% say it's a purge. And it, it is going to hurt our uh, national, our readiness to be able to fight wars. Because well, these are the people you need wars. And I will give you a quote. Um, Robert Henlon, Starship Troopers, talks about, you know, only one uh, one one guy out, out of uh, – one warrior out of 49 uh, non-warriors makes up for the rest of them. And uh, we only have a handful of people rising up right now. And those are us. disproportionately among those not getting the shot, and I think we know that. And it's it's by design. It's it's definitely by design. This is very sad. It really is. It's, it's just like a gut punch when you look at the Marine Corps putting out that stuff that they did today. And it's just a reflection of the fact that it's not like we might lose our country. We might lose our military. We already did. And the question is what we do about it. Um, thanks for speaking out. Uh, keep us updated. Uh, I, I, you know, I hope everything works out for you and your career in the future. I know you're taking a huge sacrifice for making this stand. You're giving up a lot. Um, so you can be a voice for those who don't have a voice, and we're certainly committed to amplifying that as well. So God bless you, and good luck on everything else. Well, God bless you. Thank you for your time. Uh, Semper Fidelis, and long live United States Marine Corps. Take care. So again, folks, that was Captain Tom Stewart, a Marine aviator, so much talent, flight instructor, and now he is leaving the military, along with countless others, either being downright pushed out, halfway pushed out, getting injured, all to serve the gods of Pfizer. But when I say the gods of Pfizer, I mean everything that it represents, not just that. It's the spirit of the age, the homosexual agenda, the gender bending. Um, and, you know, it, it would be one thing if these people were like, you know, we don't need to get involved in most things in the world, so we're going to screw our military. But they screw our military while wanting them to get involved in everything throughout the world. And I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm gutted. You know, everything else I'm resigned to, national divorce, I'm done. I cried over America. America's destroyed. It's over with. This is It's just so heartbreaking what they've done to the military, but it is what it is. Too many of my colleagues believe, oh, we got to win the next election to stop them from destroying our institutions. Our institutions are already destroyed, and they, they have become malignant entities. Okay? That is the reality. We've lost it. You're never going to reverse engineer that. Remember this. It's not a matter of, oh, you get in someone. Let, let, let's say you'd get in, I don't know, Ron DeSantis is president or something. Okay, oh, then we're going to fix the military. I, I want you to understand something. Okay, j just like we say with CDC, HHS, DOJ, you're not going to drain. You're not going to put, okay, so I'll put a good HHS secretary. Okay, so... You make Latipo, you know, who's the Florida Surgeon General, uh, HHS Secretary. The entire mission is like that. It's built on that. The personnel, everyone, they're all like that. There's nothing to flush. It's over. It's a maggot-infested carcass. And it's the same thing here. Already, 
what was this? Already uh, in 2017, when Trump wanted to reverse the gender bending stuff and the tranny stuff, the generals downright rebelled against him. So it's it's not even like that Biden and the Biden administration is the issue. It's now within. It's a purge. And they've been doing this for a while. This is the final purge. You know, the fact that anyone, colonel and above, still in the military is a leftist nut is old news. Now they're going to make it that everyone's a leftist nut on down. So you're not going to fix that. And if we had a movement with a strategic vision what they would do is what I've been suggesting is now's the perfect time to kill two birds with one stone. We need a national divorce. We need state militias. We need states to fight back. And this is the perfect pretext to do it. Because you're saying, look, we're going to kick them out of the military. So governors need to get up and say, all right, we'll have our own state guard. And not just some fake thing, but a real state guard that's robust. Well, Daniel, where do we get the money from? You know, you know where I'd start off with the money? You know where I'd start? I would take away from the National Guard. There's no requirement of how much of a National Guard a state has to give over to the feds to potentially get federalized. Okay? So I would I would leave like 10 troops in the so-called National Guard of the state, and then I would transfer the, remain, the remainder and then invite all the people from the uh, active duty branches that are getting kicked out to join the state guard. Eventually, you'd need you'd need more money, but I'm saying that's how you would start it. I would just shift it. I would make the National Guard 10 people. Here, here, here you go, Biden. Here's your National Guard if you want a Title 10. But the remainder is going to be under the State Guard, whether it's Florida, Alabama, whatever. This is what we're doing. And you build that up over time. This is why I'm not so big into cutting taxes at a state level, because I think we need to... You know, we need to stop taking federal money and we need to bulk up the states. This is actually more important. We're going to need strong red states, but first you have to make them red to interpose against the federal tyranny. And this is one thing we can and should be doing. State guards. That is the key. That is the way to make lemonade with the lemons that have been dealt us. Again, I, I still think we need to fight the shots because just for the broader issue but in no way are you going to fix that military it's sad but it is what it is that's just what's happened to it and it's time we understand that this is what needs to happen but you know what there's nobody focused on this I didn't even realize it was that bad that they were still mandating that they do basic training while, of course, the males and the females together, wearing masks. Of course, they can't carry a gun on a base, but they have to carry a mask. You can't fix that. That is beyond repair. That is way beyond repair. But name me the Republican candidate speaking to this. And think about the fact that we are able to have the lives of military service members destroyed on account of of a private company's, <clears throat> so-called private company's product. They come out with a product, mandated. What's interesting is uh, 
there's a great website, The Conservative Woman. It's a British website. And they talk about Brooke Jackson's case. She's the Pfizer Ventavia whistleblower. She has a federal lawsuit against them, charging them for fraud. And they note that Pfizer has filed a motion to have the case dismissed on the grounds that it was not subject to clinical trial regulations nor federal laws regarding its vaccine development and marketing because its vaccine contract with the U.S. DOD was executed under the department's other transaction authority. Okay? So think about that. You would think the contract would be, would be with HHS, FDA, CDC, NIH, but DOD provided the shield. And that's why you have the most vicious mandate occurring in the military. It was also because they knew that the military is America's pride. So, you know, if the military didn't want to take it, then no one in the world would take it. But think about that. And they'll likely win in court. I predict they'll win. They'll be absolved of all fraud because the DOD did that. Again, this is rotten through and through. You are not going to fix the military with a, with a presidential election that even if we would win it, and even if you would find a decent candidate, which I doubt we will, won't occur for another two and a half years, and that's just to get your foot in the door. We can't wait for that. Anyone who's sitting and saying, oh, Republicans take it back, well, they're not going to do anything with it because Biden's still president. And that's even if they were on our side, which they're not. Oh, so we'll wait. We wait till the next presidential election. Again, the answer is in the governors and state legislatures, but unfortunately, we're losing all these primaries. You got to rise up. The military is a tough one. There's not much we can do about it, but eventually, the goal needs to be state guards and county citizens' posses, sheriff's posses working with the county sheriff. And I think that's where these people need to land. And if you know what I mean, there's a lot of other reasons why we need that anyway, other than just a place of employment for some of these people. But that's what it means to think strategically. That's where my mind is. If your mind is, oh, we need to rebuild the military, let's have a Republican Dude, the only thing they're going to do is throw an extra 30 to 40 billion of appropes a year at them that the Democrats might not do. It will mean nothing. The soul is rotted out. It's a maggot-infested carcass, just like our broader federal government is. That's what the Pentagon has become. The Pentagon is what we always knew the EPA and State Department were. That's what the Pentagon has become. It's time we recognize that there are just too many examples of it. And this is why we need to start thinking very differently than we used to. So it's a little bit somber, but someone's got to cover this. Someone's got to cover this. I'm getting so many emails from people that are having their careers destroyed in the military. It's a lot easier, a lot harder to transition than it is just from getting kicked out of a civilian job. It's not very easy. And who cares? Name me the Republican running on this. I'm not hearing it. But, you know, every day is another day, and every day is another day where we could fight, make our voices heard. One way is to disseminate this show to everyone you know, because the content, as you well know, is so unique. There's a lot of different podcasts to listen to. 
but as you well know, this is very unique, and we're always focusing on the most important issues and the way they matter at the time they matter. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.